presented by Garrard's Horse and Hound, making shopping easier with their online store. The same extensive catalogue, the same keen prices, online or over the phone. 1800 060 896 or visit horseandhound.com.au. Coming around the home turn next quarter in 28.3 and Chicago Bullets skipped away from them. Chicago Bullets got clear now from Run Run Jimmy Dunn. Maxenius coming through nicely, running a great race and then sheer rock and roll. But in front is Chicago Bull from Maxenius and Chicago Bull wins it easily. Maxenius second, third home run run Jimmy Dunn. Yes, certainly the race caller over there would need to learn the colours of that remarkable horse. And uh, Chris Barnsby, he would have been quite emotional hearing that news that he's run his last race. Good morning. Yes, yeah, Steve, good morning to you. Good morning, everyone. It came as no surprise. Uh, as we know, he's been struggling for some time. Only one win of his past 14 starts this year. So, uh, And last time out, he was disappointing, finishing at the rear of the field. So it doesn't come as a complete surprise. As we know, he almost... Uh, uh, lost his life, basically, when he, he made that trek to Auckland and uh, suffered that uh, fairly horrific injury over there with his back. So, uh, look, he's been a marvellous horse. He, he doesn't need to prove anything more, more than $2.4 million in earnings and, uh, what, 62 victories. The bulk of those at Gloucester Park. So many Group 1 highlights. So, owes nothing to anyone. So, uh, yeah, he deserves retirement, and I'm sure he is going to be uh, fussed over. He'll be in the same paddock as I'm the Mighty Quinn. I know I'm the Mighty Quinn's over in the paddock there with the halls. So if he's not in the same paddock, he'll be in a neighbouring paddock, and uh, I'm sure they'll be uh, able to swap some notes about uh, who performed best at certain times. Mm. Do you remember very early days, Chris, how the halls ended up with the horse? Chicago Bull? Uh, they purchased him, yeah. They purchased him for, for good money. Uh, he, he didn't come cheap from New Zealand. They liked what they saw on the tapes, and... Uh, when they, uh, when he first arrived, I know the story Gary Hall Senior told me, they thought the wrong horse got off the truck. Uh, he was that small. They said, where's the rest of him? And the truck driver said, no, that, that, that's him. And they said, are you sure? So they were in disbelief with how small, because he didn't look that small on the videos that they were looking at in which they purchased him from. So they were a little, um, you know, perplexed, you could say, uh, when he first arrived. But... He settled in, and uh, the rest is history. We uh, we know what he's been able to achieve and do. So, um, yeah, but it was an interesting story when he first arrived, mm, that's for sure. Absolutely. No doubt you'll talk to Gary Hall over the coming weeks. It'll be interesting just to reminisce a little bit about his career. Brendan Barnes, our first guest. Well, there's a lot to talk about with Brendan Barnes, and uh, he joins us now. Brendan, good morning. Good morning, Chris. Uh, firstly, I want to just talk about yesterday's winner, Targaryen. This guy uh, looks so good. And uh, I, I just want to get your thoughts on where this guy ranks right now. He, he clocked 53-1. He was used hard in that middle half. He was coming off a 51-9 victory, and he scored first up for the Butler Stable in 53-5. H how good is this horse? Yeah, he's um, definitely on the way up, and he's just got that very rare speed that not many horses have. But, yeah, he's a progressive type, and, and yeah, definitely improving every week. He's got speed. There's no doubt about it. You had to use it yesterday. That middle half was just brutal 27 7 28 3 was was he all done at the line yeah he was actually he was sort of at the top of the straight he was going to win quite comfortably but that last that last 50 he knocked right up but he was entitled to any plans for him going forward i'm not too sure to be honest he's only quite lowly assessed as far as his rating is concerned so he's sort of yeah he can sort of whip through his grades and then sort of look to to race Saturday night, I'd say that's just probably the small targets for now. So, uh, so yeah, he keeps in on the step-ups. All right. Well, that's uh, Targaryen, but he's a horse that's certainly catching the eye with some uh, really strong performances of late. 
The other thing that I've got to ask you about, are you currently freelancing now? Yes, that's correct. What brought about that move? Oh, just, yeah, just uh, probably just due for a change of scenery and a change of routine and, and yeah, probably, yeah, just a number of things, really. Okay, 25 years of age, you've got more than 700 victories against your name, so is there something that you just want to do a little bit differently moving forward now? Yeah, probably. It just sort of was just taking its toll a little bit, just sort of, you know, the the such big days working sort of them and going the races with the horses and you're sort of eight, working 80, 90 hour weeks. So they sort of just thought, you know what, it's sort of, yeah, just time to see if I could just, just get some outside drives and just take it a little bit easier for a bit and see how we go. Well, just looking at it just over the last week in particular, you've been able to get some outside drives. So is that a pleasing thing going forward that you've been able to source some outside drives really quickly? Yeah, very, very pleasing, actually. I was actually just looking this morning and I sort of thought to start with if I could sort of get 10 or 15 a week, I'd be happy. And I think so far this week I've got 22. So, yeah, really happy with that. And hopefully we can just keep building on the numbers. Okay. So will you still drive for Jack? Yeah, yeah. Just sort of certain owners there that sort of still pretty strongly associated with. The old man's got quite a quite a number of horses there. And, yeah, just sort of, yeah, a few owners there I'll probably keep driving for. But, you know, he's, Jack's always sort of been good to his staff, whoever sort of works for him gets the majority of the drives. So, yeah, just whatever whatever they put me on, I'll be happy to drive and happy to pick up many other drives. Okay, so what does that mean now? Who's likely to get the, the bulk of the drives in, in which you can't drive now? Um, I, I noticed, um, well, Chloe and Chris obviously are both working there, so that they're probably going to do the, boat, the bulk of the driving and then they'll probably just work out drivers from there. Okay. Uh, it, it's an interesting move uh, because you guys are like hand and glove. You've achieved so much. You had that Group 1 victory of Gerardas Delight and the Golden Girl, the inaugural edition of the Golden Girl, so you're just thinking the time is right. Yeah, that's right. We we had a very good partnership for a long time. Yeah, we sort of, um, yeah, we, we worked in well together and sort of, yeah, produced a number of winners together. But yeah, sort of the, the timing sort of right for me to, to sort of, yeah, do something a little bit on my own and, and sort of maybe even branch over to North America. There's a bit of talk of that happening at the moment. So we'll just, yeah, wait and see. Okay. Well, I want to talk about that as well, because my spies tell me that a leading trainer from North America, and I'm talking leading trainer, He's got more than 6,000 career victories. He's put the polish on some really nice horses and he's got a big operation. It spreads obviously on the East Coast. It goes to the Midwest as well. So it's a big operation. Am I right in saying that uh, there is some sort of dialogue between you two guys? There is, yeah, through, through an association with Jamie Dernberger from Summit Bloodstock. And then, and then also there's sort of a little bit of an option just to sort of... Um, to base more in New York and, and do more of a catch driving thing around sort of Yonkers area. Dad sort of was over there the other week and met some connections and they're sort of happy for me to go over and sort of yeah, play more of the driver role, more so than the working role. Okay. The trainer in question is? Irv Miller. Irv Miller. He's an absolute master horseman. And like I said, he's trained some really good ones, man of many missions. It was an outstanding trotter that he prepared. Liz Mara, a stallion that we know now down under. That was one that he put the polish on. Shark gestures, another one. So that sounds exciting. What about the fact that you're watching races on Sky Channel now? You're seeing the likes of Toddy, Andy, Dexter, and they're just killing it up there. Does that, you know, um, does that inspire you to get up there and give it a crack yourself? Yeah, it does for sure. Obviously, them them three guys are amazing drivers, and they they all achieved sort of everything they could here. So they yeah, they obviously branched over there and have had unbelievable success and. 
and yeah, it's sort of it's quite inspiring. The money over there is massive. If you can if you can sort of break into it over there and sort of get good drives, it's it's unbelievable money. So yeah, definitely a few options moving forward. Anyway, I know there's a lot of you younger drivers along the east coast that are always thinking North America. Um, thinking North America, it's constantly at the back of your mind. So you're no different. So you've been sort of just thinking. I've just got to find the right time, but it now might be sooner rather than later. Yeah, that's for sure. I've got no commitments at the moment. And sort of probably the hardest thing is sort of logistically and, and visas, if it's sort of all worthwhile and easy enough. And I know it's quite expensive to sort of, yeah, go, go through the visa process and then sort of to get um, attorneys to sort of go through it with you and that sort of thing. It is quite pricey. So it's sort of something you want to be pretty sure you're going to, going to sort of be able to get a visa. But, um, yeah, it's obviously sort of, yeah, just sort of... Um, playing up the options by now and then sort of working out if the logistics are possible. Okay, I know your mates with Toddy McCarthy. Do you reach out to him and just, you know, try and find out uh, the pros and cons of it all? I haven't as yet, but I was talking to um, to Jamie and he's going over to Lexington for their, their big week of the, the Red Mile and the Yearland sales. So he was sort of... Um, he was pretty keen on me just heading over there for him, uh, with him for a little holiday and just sort of meeting some contacts and sort of, yeah, just talking to a few people. So so that still could happen. Yeah, that's early October. So, yeah, we're just playing it by year. Okay. Well, just on that, with Jamie Dernberger-Smith, we know he races a lot of horses. Is, is he keen for you to make this uh, transition? He, he was very keen. That's sort of where it all, it all come ahead through um, through him, I say. Got suspended there a few weeks, uh, a few months back, and I um, went up to Ely Beach where Jamie was living and went fishing with him. And that's when he was just in my ear the whole time: "Go to America, you got to go to America. I'll get you, I'll get you a start over there." He races quite a few horses with Earth Miller, and he's got plenty of sort of wealthy contacts over there. So, yeah, that's sort of where it all initiated. And then obviously the old man, he went over there. Uh, he got back last week. He spent two weeks there, um, sort of amongst a couple of stables, and yeah, sort of another sort of opportunity blossomed. Okay, well, that sounds exciting. Irv Miller, have you done any research on Irv? Oh, obviously, yeah, just sort of know how successful he's been and how big of an operation it's been for a long time. Mm. It's exciting, isn't it? So what are we looking at? Ballpark figure, could it be early next year? Um, well, it's sort of, yeah, it's sort of something I've been thinking a lot about. It's sort of, yeah, back and forth on, on what to do, but... Um, Obviously, if I went to Lexington with with Jamie, that that'd be in Oct- early October. So then it'd sort of yeah, just depend on sort of how I how I enjoyed it over there and sort of yeah, what could happen from there. So yeah, it, if it did happen, it, it could be two months, it could be twelve months. Well, you've got to time it right because they're coming into their winter now. So if you can avoid that cold, I'm tipping you're not a fan of the cold weather. To be honest, I'd rather cold than hot. Okay, well, there you go. Every, every you go. year I say I want to move to Hobart when it starts to get hot. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're going to be looking at snow by the time you get there if you go in, uh, say, our summer. So um, it could be uh, fairly brutal that. So um, we'll see how it goes. But uh, yeah, exciting time. Cool. So obviously you'll know a lot more in the next uh, couple of weeks or months. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, very exciting times. Just obviously yeah, weighing up the options and, um, yeah, just sort of trying to, trying to work out what will be the best thing to do. Well, you sort of fit that profile, don't you? Young, you're light, and, and you're keen for success. So it, it seems like a perfect recipe to go over there now and, and give it a red-hot crack. Yeah, that's right. If I sort of went over with, with the sort of mindset that I was just going to, you know, sort of give it three or six months, regardless of whether I, I liked it or not, just say, right, I'm going for sort of X amount of time and, and then just play it sort of um, when that time runs out, just sort of see what, what's happening and sort of how we're feeling then. 
All right, excellent stuff. Well, there's some exciting news and we'll watch with interest to see what decision you make there. But uh, certainly sounds exciting if you do make that trek to North America. Really appreciate the time. We'll see you in action later today. Thanks, Chris. Brendan Barnes joining us. So there's some news possibly mm. heading to North America. So we'll wait with interest there. That yeah. trek uh, or that trip to uh, uh, Lexington for the... Uh, the big sales over there at Fassing Tipton and uh, their big uh, Kentucky Futurity Week. That will be a, uh, a very important trip, Steve, no doubt. Mm, I meant to ask you, what, did Todd McCarthy have a blinder so far this week over there, one of the boys uh, driving heaps uh, of winners in America? I saw yeah, something well, comment earlier this week from someone on Twitter. Just can't remember where I saw it. but Yeah, I think both boys have had some good success. Dex had that Canadian pacing derby win on the weekend, so they just continue to go from strength to strength. So... Yeah, I'm not surprised. It's a great time of year up there at the moment. Uh, the Red Mile at Lexington, Kentucky, they're uh, right into their size stakes at the moment, so there's a lot of good money up for grabs. So, um, yeah, hopefully the boys keep doing the job. Breeders' Crown, Little Brown Jug. I think uh, John and Narelle McCarthy are venturing up for the jug. We spoke with John a couple of weeks ago, and um, he was keen to get up there. I know he's booked his ticket, so he's keen to get up there and cheer on both boys when they... Uh, have a shot at the D, uh, Little Brown Jug in Ohio. Just before our next guest, we talked about Leap to Fame, the boom pacer in Queensland, Tamworth. It's a great time. It's just 10 to 5 tomorrow afternoon, Eastern Standard. Does Grant Dixon come straight off the back and try and well, get off the fence as quickly as he, he can, do you think, at Tamworth and work around? Or what are you, what's your feeling, To be honest, Chris? Steve, I, I, I don't know how he tackles this. Uh, it, it's a small track, so uh, how's he going to handle that track? How does he handle the draw? He is very mindful that he is following a very good horse. So does he just stay on the back of Teddy Disco and, and, you know, just look to, you know, make a race of it late over the concluding stages? Or does he pull off early and put him into the race and, and, you know, make a real contest of it with Teddy Disco? He's got so many options, but I think it's just going to be fascinating Mm. seeing this calibre of horse on a track like that, something very different. And just to add more, you know... um, impact of this Victoria Derby coming up. Catch a wave steps out again on Saturday night. So it'll be interesting to see how that plays out there. He's drawn barrier one, so he's going to start mm. a short price favourite. But, uh, yeah, both of them sort of racing uh, simultaneously. I'm just thinking, though, if you took short odds, and he will be short, obviously, given his record, uh, I don't know if you'd want to be behind the leader, would you, on the fence at Tamworth? Obviously, there's no sprint lane there, is there? Um, no. Yeah. No. Anyway, no. interesting. Our next guest is Too with us, Chris. Well, Jodie Whittaker was in the winner's circle yesterday at Albion Park, Steve, and not only did she win, but she landed the Quinella. The two-year-old trot, Panda Fooey, was able to run down a Woha Lee, and it was a big moment for Jodie, and I wanted to talk to Jodie just to go through all the emotions that would have been running through her body yesterday, and she's been kind enough to join us now. Jodie, good morning. Congratulations. Thank you, Chris, and good morning. How big a thrill was that? Uh, um, very big. Like it's, I've been working towards it all year. So to finally have it in the bag and, and to go one, two, um, yeah, it was very exciting. Not only to get the win, but to get the Quinella. Is that your first Quinella? Yes. Yes. I've never had two horses in the one race before. So yes, definitely. So Panda Fui goes out, gets the job done. He's got obvious ability. He's proven that through his trials. And then even on his debut effort, he looks like he can trot. Yeah, he definitely can. Um, taking a little bit to get him right, um, but Riley hands him perfectly. I sacked myself and Riley's taken over and um, he does a great job with him. So, I've got to ask, obviously, uh, what, what's the name all about? Panda Fooey, what does that mean? 
Um, it's actually a kid's character that come out on some McDonald's play cards um, probably when he was still a yearling. Um, and being black with two white back socks, I just loved the name and thought it suited him. So. Okay, well, there you go. It sticks and it works. It sounds good now that he's a winner as well. Uh, the runner-up, a Woha Lee. Now, tell me, I've asked about this previously. Is that Cherokee for eagle? Yes, it does. So it's um, Native American Indian, it stands for eagle, being by an elder baron eagle. Um, Gary actually come up with that one. Okay, so we've got that right now, a Woha Lee? Yes, that's correct. Okay, so both are by elder baron eagle. What is it about an elder baron eagle that you like? Um, I actually don't mind. Like, he's actually quite a good um, racehorse in himself, and he is proving them with on, on the ground. Um, I really liked um, Pandasoid breeding when I picked him out in the online sale, um, with by, being by um, out of Bartelli. I love you, Mayor. Um, so, yeah, he was my pick from, from the start, and Gary actually picked the filly out. So. Well, I've done a little bit of research on his pedigree as well, uh, Pandafui, and you're right. He is exceptionally well-bred. So he's closely related to Jamondi, who's won nine races and looks very talented. But also in that pedigree, when you go through it, is this uh, boom trotter that is a last-start winner at Menangle in Parisian RT. So he's got some great pedigree behind him. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's what drew him to me. Um, he didn't look much in the photos, but his pedigree stood out, so... Okay. I've got to ask, because I find the two-year-old trotters this season fascinating, the times they're running, how much foundation work do you have to pour into these two-year-old trotters? A lot. <laughs> um, there's lots of gig time. And um, being generally by myself, um, it, it is hard. Um, but, yeah, there's lots of lots of laps, lots of um, miles of them in the, um, in the sulky um, and getting them sort of moving forward. And then when I can, Gaz gets in and um, has given me a hand to do some in-and-out work with them. So. Okay. So were you surprised by how much work you've actually got to pour into these young two-year-old trotters? Oh, no, we had some young trotters when we were living down in Victoria. So I knew what we had to do um, and, yeah, just love the trotters. So I was ready for the commitment, but um, some days they can be very frustrating. Okay. So obviously now both of these two-year-old trotters in yours, Pandafui and Awoharley, they're aiming towards that Springboard Series and the Qbread Series? Yes, correct. What would you be like if you won one of those features? Oh, you'd probably hear me um, down, down south somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> it was very exciting yesterday. Uh, I think actually Gary's a little bit more excited than me yesterday, but uh, very exciting yesterday. But if I won one of those, um, yeah, it'd be a big day. Okay. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. Your last winner was back in 2019. So that's a few years ago now. Do you remember yeah. who and where? Yeah, no transaction at Kilcoy in my colours, my new colours for the first time. Okay. Now, he's recently been retired. Correct me if I'm wrong there. Yes, yes, recently retired, now out at Mitchell, being a riding horse and going super. Okay, okay. You've had, you know, a great deal of uh, time for these horses, rehoming them. Um, was Honky Tonk another one that you rehomed? Uh, no, I, I've ridden Honky, but he's still with me. He'll have a home with me for life. Uh, a little bit okay. like old Call Me Nipper. We've got both of those old boys still, so. Oh, right. is, is he still number one for you, uh, Honky Tonk? How many races did he win for you? Oh, geez, I think it was six, five or six. Um, he's definitely number one for me. 
All right. But in time, maybe one of these trotters could overtake him. Yeah, um, yeah, I've got a big soft spot for um, Panda Fui for Griffin, so I'm hoping he can can fill that gap. I I hope my two year old Pacer can step up, but we'll have to wait and see how he comes back. So, is that who's to blame? Yeah, the problem child. Okay, he's gone to the paddock. Yeah, yeah, he's got another couple of weeks off, and he'll be back into work. All right. So you're training. You, you're dabbling in some driving, or are you not going to focus on that now? Oh, I do every now and then. I had a drive on Willy Wah Lightning at Marburg, um, but um, just looking for something that I can have a bit of fun with. Um, but, yeah, I'm quite happy doing the training. Um, sort of keeps me busy with that and the riding as well and the kids. So, All right. Is there any temptation with Gary now that you've got these two-year-olds up and going and they're in the winner's circle? Is there any temptation with Gary? Was it discussed last night? <laughs> I think he's more excited as um, like a... A, a silent owner. He um, reckons he was still shaking ten minutes after the race yesterday. So um, he, look, he, he when the drivers might not do the right thing or the horse has been a handful, he sort of thinks about it. But I, I don't know if you'll see him back on the track. Okay. Did did he do a trial drive recently? Yeah. On uh, he had two trial drives on Ahwahale because she's a bit of a handful um, to help get her qualified. So. Right. But no real temptation about coming back? Not at this stage. Okay. So, given his success and what he's achieved, I thought there just might be that slight temptation, and in particular after yesterday, that he just might start thinking again and maybe he wants to get back out there. Uh, he he does more so probably with, the, um, with who's to blame, with the problem child, because um, he seems to be able to get him to, to perform best. Um, so he sort of does think about it with him more so than the trotters. Um, he is, has all but praise for Riley and um, also Leonard, who normally takes the drive on um, Atwahale. Shane stepping in yesterday for Leonard. Um, so he's quite happy for the boys to be driving him. Okay, Leonard's on his honeymoon at the moment, isn't he? Yes, that's correct. Okay, so Riley sticks with Panda Fui. Leonard will be driving a Wohale moving forward. Yep, that's correct. Have you got any more two-year-olds or young trotters for next year? Uh, no, I do have another two-year-old in the paddock. Um, she was very immature and couldn't put it together, so she's been turfed out to become a three-year-old. Um, but the old broodmare hasn't got involved for me, so she get one more chance this year, um, and I'll probably look at putting a couple others. We've got four trotting broodmares now, so put a few more in foal this year. Okay. Are they all going to Aldebaran Eagle, or are you going to spread the love a little bit? <laughs> Spread the love a little bit. Um, old Mexican invasion. I'm looking at putting her at um, the new one up here, Muscle Lemma. So. Okay. All right. So, how many horses have you got on the property right now? Oh, geez. Um, ten horses and four ponies. I was going to ask about the pony. How many ponies are there, and when does Lara go around again next? Uh, so there's four ponies. Um, she actually asked on Sunday about driving again, so we might see her back in the gig on the school holidays and then back on the track not long after that. Okay, well, school holidays are fast approaching, only a couple of weeks away, so uh, yep. we might see her back uh, sooner rather than later, which is great news. Hey, job well done yesterday. One, two, first win for Panda Fury. So does he pick up his Q-bread bonus as well? Yes, that's correct. Yeah, that's a nice little extra as well. Yeah, very. that's the thing why we're celebrating a little bit harder than the normal wins. Yeah. So, yes. <laughs> it's
It's a huge uh, bonus, that's for sure. So a job well done. Hopefully there's more just uh, around the corner and hopefully with those feature races coming up, they're going to be playing a role in those as well, both Panda Fui and Awoha Lee. Hopefully a victory for Awoha Lee won't be too far away now. Thanks, Chris. We're looking forward to the big races and, yeah, we'll see how we go. Awesome stuff. There's Jodie Whittaker, 1-2 yesterday with the trotting race yesterday. Uh, Panda Fui running down a Woha Lee. So only start number two for Panda Fui and he got the verdict. So job well done to uh, both Jodie and Gary Whittaker. And hopefully Lara will be back at the track in the mini trots as well. Uh, so excellent news there for all concerned. Let's focus on Redcliffe tonight. We've got a good program coming through there. There's eight races. We start at 5.52. Our man is Darren Clayton. He joins us each and every week. Darren, there's plenty happening. Hey, Steve, just quickly, mm -hmm. Akuta goes around at the trials again today. He's going to start Sunday week in the Hannon Memorial. Copy that starts on Saturday night. Expensive ego. He went sub-50 in a trial today, uh, only moments ago. Uh, that was at Menangle. Black's a dance. He lines up again. He he just brutalised his rivals yesterday uh, on, on Saturday night. He starts again this Saturday night. If he wins again, I reckon connections are going to be looking very hard at the Group 1 Linsmith Mile in Sydney. And like a wildfire who came up here and failed in the uh, Group 1 Blacks of Fake, he was back at the trials yesterday, trialled well. Bondi lockdown was at the rear of the field. I think there was only four in that trial. But uh, the big guns are up and about, there's no doubt about it. Mm. So there's a bit of news. So. Interesting with Darren Clayton, who's, who's with us now. Darren, just with that leap to fame, how will you think Grant will drive the horse? Just come off the arm and then go around at some stage, given he's so short and you don't want to get stuck behind the leader or not? Yeah, I don't know, Chris. I'm not sure of the conditions of the race, how many qualify for the next round. He'd, I think he'd be quite happy just to to not uh, knock him around too much if he followed through and, um, you know, take the chance that if, I think, one or two, if top three qualify, well, then you'd be pretty confident that Teddy Disco is going to get you all the way into the into the straight. So I guess that would play into into the equation. They say strange things happen at Redcliffe. I think stranger things happen at Tamworth. So maybe he does want to just, <laughs> mm. just want to... Um, so what do you do from a betting viewpoint is what I'm asking. Yeah, I, I think it's it's one that you just... I think you just box up the three Queensland runners, to be honest, Steve, and you get the money. Yeah. Oh, I I think the more I think about it and look at it, I, I think he'd be happy to follow Teddy Disco, wouldn't he? I, I think so. I think... Yeah. Like I say, like Teddy Disco's a good horse, and and he's going to get him deep into the into the um, into the straight. And the way I see it, I, Tim's a trooper probably just sits outside. Teddy Disco doesn't yeah. work too hard, and and the three of them probably just pull right away. Uh, there's yeah. a there's a big gap on talent between those three players <laughs> and the rest of the field. Mm. Uh, it'll be interesting 4.50 that race tomorrow we'll uh, we'll speak with Sean Grimsey I was going to get him today but he's on the road and his reception wasn't all that great so I said we'll speak tomorrow so we'll find out how he settled in Teddy Disco and uh, what the tactics are and uh, what all the conditions are as well as far as uh, what it, what they need to do to qualify for the next step of the Breeders Challenge so interesting stuff there let's focus on Reckliff tonight uh, Darren as I said 8 races we start at 5.52 where do we find your best bet I think we have to be very patient for the best right until the end of the card and race eight, number nine, feel the thrill. I think he finds himself a very winnable race. Always better suited up near the speed, but uh, he finds a race here lacking any real depth. He was a good winner a couple of runs back and um, that was two, two starts ago. He was locked away on that occasion and he got out 
just didn't go to plan last time. I think this time tonight, his opposition there, he gets every opportunity. So race eight, number nine, feel the thrill for a patient night. Okay, so 240, the quote right now. Do you feel he's a better horse off speed or do you like him up on the front end? I, I like him up on the front, but... Um, that said, provided he doesn't overwork, I think he's one of those horses, if he does go a little bit too hard, um, he he does tend to perhaps throw the towel in a little bit too quickly, whereas if he gets it his own way in front, he then has plenty of, uh, left in reserve. That said, that win the other night was good where he was he was sort of tucked away, and, and when he did get out, he, he really hit the line hard. And um, I think um, Lockie Manselman's got a, a good rapport with this horse and and i think um he's he's driven him to victory before and i think um he just tends to work well with him he knows the horse well and he gets the drive tonight okay well that's it race eight number nine feel the thrill the best bet anything else jump off the page for you tonight yeah i'm happy to have a little play in the first let's try and book in the card with in chevron in chevron we trust um he was a beaten favorite last time out at albion park um, the start before that, uh, he was there as Joey Lincoln um, put put the opposition to the sword and raced away for a big win, and he just got caught behind in a spot where he couldn't really offer anything. Uh, I think there's some good speed in this race. I think the four, Oyster Stride, and five, Katacha Man, probably look to work across, and um, the one, Malanjang, um, gets an improved gait and he's a good leader so I think there could be a good bit of early pressure and I think that'll just set up nicely for in Chevron we trust and at $5.50 I think that's worth a little little dabble Okay so $5.50 $1.85 the place currently with tab for in Chevron we trust main quaddy tonight races 5, 6, 7 and 8 throw some numbers my way yeah, first league, I think this is a, a chance for Wave Dancer um, to get his first win of the year. He's been thereabouts of late, and he gets gate one, and he gets uh, Pete McMullen. So I think all, all favours looking to go the way of Wave Dancer there. Um, chasing Dreams, she'll be fitter. She's had a couple of runs back from a spell now. She'll be right on his back. And um, Number four, Feel Good Express. Um, she'll probably get forward at some stage and can work in a races. So we'll go one four seven the opening leg. The second leg, um, play this one a bit wider. I thought B on the sly might be a, a chance of winning this race up the passing lane. Um, follows out Brave You Fella, number one, who's a, a good beginner. Tactfully Miracle, she's been super consistent of late. She's uh, got a couple of wins and, and three minor placings in her past seven starts, and she'll follow through at the right time Off the on the back of Handsome Harry, who might just have to work in the run here, but uh, I don't think that would worry him in that race. So we'll go one, two, seven, eight. The third leg, race seven, we'll go this one, one out with number two, Bokhari, I think that's if that's how we pronounce it. Um, it's had five starts this maiden she's placed in four of them um missed missed the money first up at her first career start and then has placed in all four cents um this looks a, a very winnable maiden for her and i think she'd just be too good from gate two and then bring it home again one out with uh with her favorite and best bet of the night feel the thrill as i mentioned i think this is a very winnable race despite the gate i think he faces a big drop in opposition any dangers, perhaps number five, Furiosa, uh, will appreciate a, a return to the front lines. Had a few second-line draws, but uh, outside of that, I'm happy to go one out with Feel the Thrill.
Okay, repeating the quaddy numbers tonight. First leg, one, four, seven. Second leg, one, two, seven, eight. Then two only, nine only. Grand total of $12. The best bet, race eight, number nine, feel the thrill. Currently 240 with tab. And in the first race, uh, Darren likes the chances of in Chevron We Trust. That's number three. And he's currently at 550. So that's how we play Redcliffe tonight. Eight races starting at 552. Darren, as always, appreciate the time on a Wednesday morning. Plenty to talk about on Friday when we dissect that big Metro card. Ten races this Saturday night. Yeah, it, 10 great races and uh, yeah, again, just another little bit of a, a disappointing that um, race 9, 9.50 at night is uh, where we see Black Sedance go around. Mm, but all eyes will be on him. Uh, they're keen to give him a shot in Sydney for that Group 1 Len Smith Miley. He'll probably be up against the expense of Ego, but uh, on his current form, he deserves his shot. So we'll talk more about that on Friday. Appreciate the time today. Thanks, Chris.